Welcome to the CJC Weekly Bible Study, where CJC stands for Complete Jesus Christ. If your perspective of Jesus is based only on teachings from the New Testament, then your understanding is incomplete. Regarding what we often call the Old Testament, Jesus himself said, These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So won't you join us today in our study where we esteem the newer and the older testaments alike. I'm your host, Jeff Smith, and currently we're working our way verse by verse through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. We're in chapter 22. We're going to be starting off a new chapter today. What I want you to do during this study is I want you to imagine for a moment back in school, back in high school, all right? Back in high school, you probably had uh, subjects that you would take, and it was not uncommon if your uh, high school experience was similar to mine, where you would have, during maybe a semester, you would have a particular class of a particular subject, and in that class, you would have tests. Maybe you'd have pop quizzes, and then the more serious ones were the tests that you would have, and then at the end was the final exam, right? And basically, those tests, and even the pop quizzes, the tests, those were geared to get you ready for that final exam. But when it came down to it, that final exam was worth so many points. I mean, it was worth a huge number of points. It sometimes would make up you know, half your grade, if you will. All right? Today, I want, I want you to be thinking in those kinds of terms, because today, what we're starting here in chapter 22, the bulk of chapter 22, is kind of like Abraham's final exam. All right? He's had tests up to this point, and now it's kind of like this is his final. All right, this is the final exam in this chapter. So we're going we're gonna to work through the material. I mentioned a few minutes ago that my ambition today was, you know, maybe we could get through uh, two verses today. And, uh, and some of you are laughing because you know how it goes in here. But I got to admit, as I was looking through my notes today and I was, uh, was evaluating how realistic that might be, I started thinking we might only get through one. We might only get through verse one today. So we'll have to just see. We'll let God lead us and, and guide us as we go. But would somebody mind reading? Let's let's just start off with verse one then. We'll take it one, bre- one breath at a time, one verse at a time. Chapter 22, verse one. Somebody mind reading. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Excellent. Thank you, Bianca. Good job. All right, so this is verse 1. You're probably thinking, why are we going to take a whole day on this one? Right, because it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot there. But you know, as I do, that God's word is rich, right? We can dig into God's words and sometimes find stuff that we would have missed if we would have just been cruising, right? So there's different ways to read your Bible. Sometimes I'll read my Bible and I just want to cover material. I just want to get the, the overall picture. I want to I want to see what it looks like from a grand view from way up high. And then other times I want to take my time and I want to take a look at every little thing. And so you know in our studies, that's oftentimes what ends up happening. So here in this chapter, this is uh, in Judaism, this is known as the Akedah, this chapter. And if you're not familiar with what's going to end up happening, this is going to be a test where Abraham is told by God, take your son and kill him. What? <laughs> take your son, kill him, and devote him over to me. And, and so the chapter is called the Akedah, which means binding. All right. And later on in the story, you'll find out how that comes into play. It's basically he binds his, he ties his son, presumably with his hands behind his back, and is going to make a sacrifice out of him. This is weird. Why would you, why would you, th- anyway, we'll cover that as we go. But basically, that's, that's where it gets its name, the Akedah, known in Judaism as the Akedah. So in verse 22, now it came to pass after these things. After what things? 
Well, it doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us. Maybe it does, I suppose it could it could include what we just covered in the end of chapter twenty one, right? I mean, Abraham and Abimelech and the treaty that they made. Or maybe it's meant to be broader than that. Maybe it's after Abraham dismisses Ishmael and Hagar and sends them off to fend for themselves and to trust God in that situation. God, they're in your hands now. I can't do anything about it. Or maybe it's supposed to be everything that we know about Abraham from day one. It doesn't clarify for us after these things what that's meaning, whether that's to focus our attention in the near perspective or the far. Okay, So we, we need to look for some hints. Number one, the main characters in the story are going to be God, Abraham, and Isaac. All right, How old was Isaac the last time we checked in on him? He wasn't too old, right? It had to do with his weaning, right? And that was maybe two, maybe three, all right? And then the story of Abimelech, so we didn't, we don't know how much time had passed there. So how old is Isaac in this story? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. The word that's used to describe Isaac is na'ar, or in Hebrew it's na'ar. It means boy, all right? It means boy. You find that in verses 5 and 12. But you end up finding out in the story that he is tasked with carrying the wood that they're going to build a fire upon to burn the sacrifice. And when you offer something as a burnt offering or a burnt sacrifice, it was intended that the fire was enough to consume the entire thing. So that sounds like a good load of firewood, all right? So you got to figure that even though he's described as a boy, he's at least big enough to carry that much wood, all right? And it's quite some distance. So we don't know how old he is. It could be anywhere between three or an early Jewish tradition has him all the way up to 37 years old. So he could be anywhere in there, all right? Christian tradition pictures him usually as a teenager, maybe even in his early 20s. Again, we don't have anything to pin it on, though. And then, uh, like I said, that early Jewish tradition has him going all the way up to 37 years old. The word here for tested, all right? So in chapter 22, verse 1, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, all right? We're going to write this word on the board here, tested. In Hebrew, the word is NASA, all right? Tested. Tested carries with it several meanings in English, can be translated several different ways in English. It can mean attempt, all right? It can mean to try, attempt or to try. Hmm. Does anybody else feel uneasy when you think about NASA and how we know NASA and it means attempt <laughs> or try? Uh, if I'm getting in the, it's something going off into space, I don't want you to make an attempt, all right? I want to know it's going to work. Uh, but obviously, that's that's just a play on words there. Another word that can mean is to tempt or to test. can mean to assay or assay or to prove. Okay? So here we have in this story, God is going to NASA. God is going to test Abraham. And it's a big test, right? It's a final exam. All right? It's the big test. So God is going to test Abraham. I want you to realize something. This same word covers lots of different meanings, Right? So is God going to attempt something? Well, you know, some of these meanings, if we just leave them alone, it's going to probably create more confusion than anything. So I'm going to grab an eraser here, and I'm going to say it's probably more confusing than not by leaving those two on board. So let's, let's focus down here. God's going to either tempt Abraham, or God's going to test Abraham, or say Abraham, or prove Abraham. All right? Let me say this. When God tests a person, God does. I mean, if you haven't been tested by God yet, you will be. All right? That's part of growing in God. All right? In fact, turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 15. John is in the New Testament. If you were to get to the New Testament, your books of the Bible, Matthew, then Mark, then the Gospel of Luke, and then the Gospel of John. 
John 15, 1 and 2. Somebody mind reading John 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, bear more fruit. Excellent. Thank you, Gabriella. So what happens to every branch that bears fruit? <clears throat> he prunes, right? We are one of these branches, all right? You're either a branch that's bearing fruit or a branch that's not bearing fruit, all right? He's the vine. We're the branches. We're connected to him, all right? If we're not bearing fruit, picture yourself as a branch, all right? If I'm not bearing fruit, what's my fate? What's going to happen according to this verse? He's going to cut me off, right? I'm going to be cut off. You're not bearing fruit, you're cut off. If I am bearing fruit, am I safe? Am I good? I'm not going to get cut, right? Or is that wrong? It's wrong. What kind of cut am I going to get? I'm going to get pruned. So if I'm bearing fruit, hey, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a branch and I'm bearing fruit. It's not that the blade doesn't get near me. It's that the blade still comes and does cutting on me, right? But it's a different kind of cutting. It's a kind of cutting that's to encourage more fruit, right? It's to make me a healthier branch so I can bear bigger, better, juicier fruit, right? I got a grapevine in my backyard. And when we first planted it, I just wanted to leave it alone because we didn't have anything. Nothing was growing anywhere in my yard that was actually producing anything that I could eat. And I was getting so frustrated. <laughs> and you guys have heard my stories about the citrus trees and oh, all the frustration that goes with that. So we, we planted a grapevine. It needed pruning, but it didn't bear any fruit yet. And, and I, wanted, I, wanted it, I wanted it to bear fruit. I didn't want to mess with it. You know, I just wanted, just give me some fruit first and then I'll start. I should have pruned it earlier. You know, it would have been healthier today for it. So now I get fruit. They're all little tiny little things, and I can't eat any of them because they're so small I can't even pick them off. My whole grape bunch can fit in my hand like that. And the only thing that eats them are the June bugs that always figure out that they're ripe the day before I do. So so, so I should have been pruning. All right, that was a pruning illustration. I didn't intend to go there, but anyway, it's not my nose. Uh, so pruning, we're going to get cut. If we're a branch bearing fruit, we're going to get cut. We're going to get pruned. What does that look like? It looks like a test in our lives. We get tested by God. And we're not getting tested by God because God doesn't know how it's going to turn out. We get tested to make us better as a result of going through the test. All right? So when God tests us, he tests us with an eye to see us succeed. When Satan, the same word, us, when Satan tests us it's not to see us succeed it's to see us fail satan loves this meeting right here when he tests you he wants it's about temptation he's going to tempt you all right he has no problem giving you whatever temptation fits your fancy to see you fail that's his goal god doesn't look at it that way when god this word toward you when god tests you all right it's a test not a tempt so we're going to erase satan's role in this because satan's not a part of this picture here we're looking at the story about God. Three main characters, God, Abraham, and Isaac. Okay? So God tests us. What does this word mean right here? Asay. Anybody recognize that word? Asay. A-S-S-A-Y. Take your hats off now for Bible study, and you're going to put on your hat for California history. All right? California history, I got a fourth grader. It's the California history, you know, year for fourth graders. So what is a big part about California history? It's the gold rush, right? Big part of that. You can have a gold mine, all right? that's really rich in gold ore and you can pick up one of those rocks out of that gold mine and you look at it and you can't even see the gold you can't even see the gold but it's so rich that you can get wealthy off of it but you can't even see the gold how do you know there's gold there you take it to an assayer 
You take your ore to a guy in town, and you pay him a little bit of money, and he crushes it and pulverizes it, mixes it with some mercury, adds some heat, and he does all this stuff. And then he tells you how many ounces of gold you can expect to get out of your gold mine per ton of material that you're getting out. He's assaying your ore, and he's telling you what's inside. He's telling you of the quality on something you can't even see. All right? When God does this to us, it's like he's assaying us. Is it that God doesn't know beforehand what's in us? No, it's that we don't know. Right? If you have both parents still living, then you probably don't know what it's like to lose a parent. And you may be wondering, I'm not sure if I can handle that when it comes. What, what is that going to do to me? I've got a really close relationship with my mom and my dad. And if one of them passes away, I'm not sure if I can handle that. God knows, but you don't. And so if one of your parents passes away, you find out after the fact whether you can make it or not, right? And most of the time we end up finding out, okay, that was rough, but I made it through, right? That was rough, but I made it through. That's kind of like the test that God gives. When God gives us a test, we might not know ahead of time whether or not we can make it through that. But once we go through it, we find out, oh, that was tough, but I made it through, right? God knew all along how that was going to turn out. It was us that didn't. So when God tests us, he's not assaying us to help him see what's inside. He's like, oh, that person has some good qualities. No, he's testing it for us to find out what's inside. Where we go, wow, thank you, God, for helping me through that. I didn't know that I'd be able to do something like that. All right? So to assay or to prove. To prove something is of the quality you're looking for. All right? So... This word here, it's, we're just going to use it as synonymous with test, all right? When God tested Abraham, you're probably thinking, isn't that obvious? I mean, come on, it's already been translated for us. Yes, it has, but I wanted to show you the variety of other ways that it could have been translated. I want to bring up a few other things. When it comes to temptation, you remember that was one of the possibilities we looked at here? God doesn't tempt anyone. Do you know our Bible actually says that? It says that in James chapter 1, verse 13, God does not tempt anyone. All right? And that if anybody is tempted, they should not say, God is tempting me. Because he doesn't do that. All right? Satan does that. All right? But God does test us. God does test us. So the final exam, Abraham's final exam, basically you could sum up the exam like this. God saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Regarding testing, when, when we go through these tests, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God says, I'm not going to put you through anything you can't bear. All right? I'm not going to put you through anything you can't bear. If something you go through, you end up not being able to bear that, that's not from God. All right? Otherwise, he broke his promise to you. So he promises, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And then James 1, 2 through 4, James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into these various trials, these tests. Why? Why should we count it all joy? Because it produces patience in us. And then patience, when it works its way all the way out, ends up leading to perfection. That's actually the word that they use in my English translation. It leads to you being better for having gone through it. So, no fun. I don't like taking tests. I don't like tests in school. But you know what? I take subjects because I want to learn from them. And when I go and take those tests, I find out, do I really know the material or not? And if I'm not sure going into the test whether I know the material, what am I going to do? I'm going to study the material, right? I'm going to learn the material even better so that by the time I take the test I'll feel like I did what I needed to do to prepare for it and then if I pass the test I'm like yay I passed the test what was the result I ended up learning by going through the process 
right? So Abraham's going through the process. Regarding the test, this test, Jewish tradition has that this is the tenth test that Abraham goes through. All right, there's an ancient Jewish tradition. This is his tenth and final test. All right, but I've also read other people say there are others. I, I read one guy. He says, uh, "Here's a list of twelve. This is the twelfth test that Abraham's been through." So you're like ten, twelve. That's pretty close. It's only two off, right? And then you look at what they each list as the different tests. You know, one guy says, "Oh, these are the ten tests Abraham went through," and the other guy says, "These are the twelve tests Abraham went through." They're not the same. It's not like the list of 12 has the list of 10 plus two extras. You end up finding the differences between them, that they don't overlap, and how many you, you end up getting, there's like 17. So how many tests has Abraham been through? He's been through quite a few, all right? So somewhere between 10, 12, 17. Today I'm gonna pick seven. Today we're gonna pick seven of the tests that Abraham's gone through so far, and we're just gonna look at these briefly. Number one, test number one. This was in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three. But we also have to look at chapter 11, verse 31, all right? And if you're keeping notes right now, I, look, I know Bianca likes to keep notes, Levette likes to keep notes, I'm actually going to have most of what you see on the board here is going to be in a worksheet that I'm going to hand out in just a few minutes, oh. all right, if that helps at all. So this test, if you remember this test, this is when God first appeared to Abraham, and he says, I want you to leave, I want you to leave Ur, and I want you to go to the land of Canaan, all right? That was the test. Leave the land you're familiar with and go to the land I'm going to show you. You, you haven't even been there. All right? That's a big test. If God was to appear to me tonight and he was to say, Jeff, I want you to wake up and get your family and get in the car and leave Orange County and I want you to move to some place you've never even been to before, I'd be like, that's going to be a big test. <laughs> that would be hard for me. It was a test for him. How did he do on this? If I was to assign a grade to him, he did. He ended up leaving her. He ended up getting to Canaan. I'd say he's doing pretty good. Oh, but there was this little matter of a pit stop in Haran. All right? So there was some obedience. There was obedience, but it was a little bit delayed because he ended up spending a number of years in Haran. So altogether, I'm going to say instead of an A, though, i got to give him a B. All right? If you're familiar with the grading scale that I had when I was in high school... Basically, A was the best you could get, right? You wanted an A, but if you couldn't get an A, the next grade down was a B. So he gets a B for this one, as far as my estimation is, all right? Uh, next after that would be a C. You don't want to get a C. I'm telling my girls, don't try not to get Cs. Ds, that's like the minimum you can get and still pass the class. And then Fs, of course, are fail. You know, you didn't do well. <laughs> you probably have to repeat that one, all right? So here, I'm going to give them a B for this one. What's the next test? Another test that I've got here, it's going to be chapter 12, verses 10 through 20. I already can see. I'm not going to have room to write this big, so I'm going to have to write real small pretty soon. All right. Chapter 12, verses 10 through 20. In this test, I'm going to list these words here. Famine. You guys remembering this story? Pharaoh. All right. Worry and deceit. Remember that story? They get to the land of Canaan. That was a big test. I made it, though. I made it to the land that he told me to go to. And you get there, and you're like... Wow, we haven't been here very long. We're getting hungry. There's a famine in the land. What are we going to do? There's another test. What are we going to do? There's no food here. I know. I hear there's food down in Egypt. But there's a problem down in Egypt. I'm afraid my wife... I'm afraid, you know, she's 65, but man, she's still a looker. We're going to go down there. They're going to kill me. They're going to take my wife. I know. Honey, tell you what. Tell them you're my sister. If anybody asks, you just tell them you're my sister. And that way they won't kill me. Maybe they'll try to bargain with me to buy you, and we can kind of work it out, maybe skip town right away. 
but don't tell them you're my wife because then they'll kill me and they'll just take you. That was a test. How did Abraham do on that? Not so good, right? And if you remember looking at that chapter, there wasn't anywhere in that chapter that we found, and Abraham prayed and asked God whether or not to go to Egypt, <laughs> right? There wasn't any of that. So I'm going to say as a test, there's the famine, Pharaoh's a big key player, Abraham's worried, he ends up engaging in deceit in this matter. Uh, I'm almost tempted to give him an F, right? But okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, we're going to give him a D. Yeah. All right, just the benefit of the doubt. We'll just give it to him there. I mean, because because he could have left and gone back to her. That's the only reason I'm not giving him an F. Because he could have said, you know what, this isn't working out. Cancel all the plans. Go back to my homeland. But he didn't do that. So we've got to give him a little something there. All right? So a D on that test. How about number three? Number three is going to be chapter 15, verses 7 through 20. Chapter 15, verses 7 through 20. And this is a promise of land to his descendants. So here's the test. God appears to Abraham and says, all this land, everywhere you can see, everywhere you've walked, I'm going to give it all to your kids and to their kids and their kids. That's a test. Do you believe God or not? Do you trust God or not? God's saying, do you trust me on this? He doesn't have a choice, right? There's nothing he could do to really influence that, I mean, to make it come to pass. In fact, it's never completed in his lifetime. So we can't even give him a grade because it's like an incomplete Right, So it's a test in a sense that never ended. It's a test that he endured through his whole life. And the test was God saying, I'm making you a promise. Do you trust me or not? Do you trust me or not? It's not too different from us, right? We have promises of God that are going to last our lifetime. The promise being, if you're a follower, if you're in my family, i got a place prepared for you. Are we going to see that in this lifetime? No. It takes all our life to trust in that before we get there. But in the meantime, it's an incomplete. It's an all-our-life decision whether or not we trust God on that. All right, so incomplete on that, I can't even give them a grade. All right, number four. Number four right here is going to be chapter 16. Chapter 16, enduring childlessness. Enduring childlessness. How'd they do on this one? <laughs> Enduring childlessness. I mean, it was a lot of years. It was He was 75 years old when God made the promise, you're going to have descendants, right? The whole earth is going to be blessed through you, meaning through your descendants. It wasn't until he was 100 till the promised child came. But there was this little matter that happened when he was 86. <laughs> Where his wife says, you know what? God's keeping me from having kids, so why don't you take the maid and see if you can have kids through the maid? Uh, all right, little test there. He ends up making a mistake there, right? I mean, that's what it seems like. It wasn't the child of promise that was born from that relationship, but the maid Hagar and the child that was born was Ishmael. The promised child was Isaac. That's the one God was referring to all along. So he trusted God for a child, but they thought they could take matters in their own hands. They found out too late. Uh, it was a bad idea. And then eventually God shows them that they couldn't trust it all along. And there was Isaac. So I'm going to give him a C on this one. Again, maybe I'm grading too easy. All right. But uh, we're going to give him a C because he does, you know, for the most part, wait for God to fill the promises. How about number five? Test number five. This one's going to be chapter 17. Circumcision. <laughs> God appears to Abraham. It says, uh, I want you to circumcise yourself and everybody else in your clan. By now, there's a lot of males. There's a lot of males in the clan. Circumcision is probably something I'm not going to be looking forward to, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
that's that's a test. All right, did God really speak to me, or was that bad pizza last night? You know, because I'm I'm thinking this is a big deal. I don't want to get cut there with one of those if this isn't God, right? So it's a test. Circumcision. How's he do on that test? He actually gets an A on this one. He gets an A because he obeys God, and his whole plan, you know, goes through the process of circumcision. We can't really find anything that he gets faulted for on that one. All right. How about number six here? Test number six. This one's going to be chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And for this one, you might recognize some of these words. I'm going to put famine. All right. A different one, though. Not Pharaoh. Abimelech. Oh, and look, there's worry. And then there's also deceit. Or in this case, I'm going to put compromise. It's the same thing. Because what ends up happening? This, there's a famine in the land. He's like, let's not go back to Egypt because we burned our bridges with Pharaoh. So they go to another place. And Abimelech's the king of the land. And again, he finds Sarah's a hottie. And he ends up taking Sarah. And then it all falls apart. They had the same arrangement. He was worried ahead of time. He said, hey, do the same thing. Pretend you're my sister. It didn't work in Egypt so well. But maybe it'll work where Abimelech's hanging out. And it doesn't. And he ended up compromising again. All right. He ended up worrying and engaging in deceit again. So how do you do on that test? You know what? I'm going full F on this one. Here's why. Because he didn't learn from his mistake up here. Right? He should have learned from his mistake. So I'm going with an F on that one. And then number seven, chapter 21, verses 12 through 14. I'm going to put the word banish Hagar and Ishmael. God tells him to send away Hagar and Ishmael. That's a big test. Because he devoted 13 years of his life to this kid. This was his firstborn in the sense that of any kids being born, as far as we know, Ishmael was the first one. Isaac came second. The son of promise came second because of decisions they made. So Ishmael's his firstborn son. That's going to be kind of hard when God tells you to get rid of your firstborn son. When God tells you to get rid of the woman who bore him. That's a test. How do you do on that one? What do you think? Jennifer's nodding her head. Yeah, it seems yeah, like he did it. He gets an A for that one, too. But it was hard, right? It was hard. i got to pass out some worksheets here. Feel free to take one. Pass the rest down if you don't mind. So here we go. i got the seven tests up here. we got the grades. By the way, why did I put grades up here? Here's why I put grades up there. Because when you're in school, you remember in high school, and the test results would come out, right? And what would you do? Hey, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Right? You're checking with everybody else. You're like, did anybody get an A? <laughs> did anybody do better than me? Did anybody do worse than me? Right? You wanted to find out how you stood. The reason I put scores up here, or why I put grades up here, here's why I put the grades up here, so you can see that Abraham's not getting straight A's. All right? The test that he's gone through, he's not getting straight A's. That can encourage you, too. Because I bet Satan's whispering in his ear right here on this test where he got a D. Or right here on this test where he got an F. I bet Satan's whispering in his ear going, man, you're disqualified. You're out. What do you mean you're a follower of God when you get a D on your test? What do you mean you're a follower of God when you've totally failed? He does the same to us. When we have our trip-ups, when we have our failures, when we stumble, Satan's whispering in our ears. You're, you're disqualified. What do you mean you're a follower of God? You got a D on that. What do you mean you're a follower of God? You got an F on that one. You know, And we hear that and he wants us to believe it. He wants to say, oh, he's right. I should just give it all up. Abraham kept going, but man, he's got a sketchy scorecard, right? (laughs) 
and I'm putting those grades up there so we can see that's not too different from us. We might have sketch scorecards, but you got to keep on going. Here's one thing I want you to notice. In this test right here, number one, this test, God was basically saying, if you could distill it down to its most basic form, God's saying, do you trust me? Right? He gives them instructions, and then it's like, do you trust me? And then right here, where it's about famine and Pharaoh and worry and deceit, do you trust me? Can God take care of you? How about the promise of land to descendants? That's all about, do you trust me? Right? Enduring childlessness, do you trust me? Circumcision, do you trust me? <laughs> Famine again, and worry again, compromise again, do you trust me? And then banishing Hagar and Ishmael, sending them off into the desert. And God saying, do you trust me? Right, because that's what the tests are. They're all, if you can distill it down, the name of the class that Abraham's taking here is do you trust me? All right, that's the name of the class. So if you see, uh, you're filling the blanks there. First blank, do you trust me, is what you're going to be filling in there. All right? And then rule number one about this class. All right? Rule number one, you can see it on your worksheets. Expect tests. All right? That's the rule. Expect tests in your life as pruning. Pruning. When those tests come into our life, we're being pruned. All right? We're being pruned. Number one, when tests come your way, number one, this one right here, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, and uh, chapter 11, verses 31, it says what? It says Ur, and then Haran. You see that delay in parentheses, and then Canaan. The lesson, obey right away. Obey right away. There was that little delay he had right here in Haran. So the lesson we can learn from it is to obey right away. The next one right there, number two, regarding the famine and Pharaoh and worry and deceit, I'm going to put the lesson for us is don't worry or compromise. Don't worry or compromise. What is worry? Worry is not trusting God. Did you know the New Testament tells us don't worry? It says don't worry. <laughs> and when we're worrying, what are we doing? We're not trusting. If we're trusting God, we don't need to worry. All right, so don't worry, don't compromise. All right, the next one, number three, the promise of land to descendants. The fill in the blank there, keep a long distance view. Long-term view, long-distance view, all right? Because basically, that, was, that wasn't that was going to happen any time in his life. It wasn't going to be soon. It was far out there. It was long. It was in the distance, all right? Keep a long-distance view. Number four, Genesis 16, enduring childlessness. Our lesson that we could learn from that is persevere until God provides. Persevere until God provides. That's our lesson from that one. Number five, circumcision. Genesis chapter 17, circumcision. You may experience pain. <laughs> All right? And when we go through tests, we may experience pain. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Number six, Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, famine, Abimelech, worry, compromise. It says there, learn from your repeat failures. I almost didn't put the word repeat in there. I almost just was going to put learn from your failures. But in this case, Abraham has a repeat. It's the same test, right? And I'm sure if you're like me, maybe I'm alone here, sometimes I fail in the same area I failed before. I have repeat failures just like Abraham did. I should be learning from those, <laughs> all right? Learn from your repeat failures. And then number seven, Genesis 21, verses 12 through 14. It's told to send away Hagar and Ishmael. The lesson we can learn from that, learn from your bittersweet victories. Because he got an A on that one. But man, that was bittersweet, right? He did what he was supposed to do, but even in doing that, it was not fun. Not fun. So we have tests in our life just like Abraham did. 
These provide a picture for us to encourage us to recognize, you know what? Abraham's scorecard's kind of sketchy. We're in good company because our scorecards are kind of sketchy. We're in good company. And when we go through the test, these are the types of lessons that we should pull out of those things. So this is Abraham's final exam. This is his test. So verse 1 is just the introduction. We're going to see as we work through the rest of the chapter in the next several weeks how he does on this test. Hope he passes the exam, right? Hope he passes the class. The class being, do you trust me? Do you trust me is the exam. And that's the same for us. Do you trust me? God would say to us, do you trust me? All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that you don't test us with an eye to see us fail. Thank you that you test us with an eye to see us be better branches. Pruned and ready to bear better fruit. Help us, Lord, to learn from the lessons that you've given us from Scripture. Patterns that we can see how you deal with your children. Thank you, Lord for your patience with us and for your masterful hand with the pruning shears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys have a good week.